Let's bow our hearts and ask for the Lord to speak to us. Elohei Avraham, Elohei Yitzhak, Elohei Yaakov, B'Shem Yeshua, Mishikenu. God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob, in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, we come before you, Lord, and Abba, we ask that you would speak to us, change us, encourage us. Abba, that you would do a new work in us, that we would be more like Yeshua at the end of this day. And Abba, at the end of our lives, God, that we would grow more and more into your image and into your likeness, that we would truly reflect the kingdom of heaven on earth. And Abba, that we would be, as we heard last week, a light in the darkness, shining bright, Lord, your love and your grace to all mankind. Father, I ask it in your precious name, and everyone said, Amen. I love the title of this series, don't you? Yeshua, the great I am. I think if we reflected on that phrase and just meditated on that, I believe God would just so encourage our hearts and fill it with hope. Yeshua, the great I am. He is the great God above all the earth. The one through whom everything came to be. Today we will continue in our series, Yeshua, the great I am. And when I started this series, I mentioned how Yeshua connects himself to the I am statements found in the Tanakh. As mentioned and I mentioned Exodus 3.14 in particular, which, which says, God said to Moshe, I am who I am. Yeah, I share, yeah. And he said, say to this people, the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And then we see in Yochanan chapter 8 and verse 58, where Yeshua said, I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. Now, every Jewish person knew exactly what he was saying. He was saying he predated Abraham. He was saying he was the eternal one. He was saying he was equal with God. So here we have Yeshua walking in the authority of God as the Messiah, God in the flesh. Think about that. Wouldn't you love to be alive during those times, to, to walk with the Messiah of Israel, God in the flesh? The glory of God manifests to all mankind. The I am statements he makes throughout the book of Yochanan as the great I am are powerful and important truths that we need to know and will benefit from if we understand and take to heart what he is trying to communicate to us. Do you realize that God really left us with very few of his words? Right? I mean, we could read them in a very short period of time. He didn't say a lot. So you could only imagine that if God said it, every single solitary thing he said was important for us to know. He didn't waste his breath, and he certainly is not wasting our time. Week one, I spoke on, I am the bread of life. And last week, Rabbi Carroll spoke on, I am the light of the world. And how light enables us to see what God wants us to. And how without it we are rendered unable to function properly, if at all. We need the light of God. Amen. And we also need to shine his light through us. This week I will spe I'll be speaking on the 
uh, on the I am statement, I am the gate, found in Yochanan chapter 10. So let's take the time and read our text. Yochanan chapter 10. John chapter 10, if you wanted to know what that was. And it says, yes, indeed, I tell you, the person who doesn't enter the sheep pen through the door, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. But the one who goes in through the gate is the sheep's own shepherd. This is the one the gatekeeper admits, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep, each one by name, and leads them out. After taking out all that are his own, he goes on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. They never follow a stranger, but will run away from him because strangers' voices are unfamiliar to them. Yeshua used this indirect manner of speaking with them, but they didn't understand what he was talking to them about. So Yeshua said to them again, Yes, indeed, I tell you that I am the gate for the sheep. All those who have come before me have been thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. If someone enters through me, he will be safe and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come so that they may have life, life in its fullest measure. Wow. This passage of scripture clearly lays out two things for us to consider. First, Yeshua is our passageway to kingdom living. In verse 9, Yeshua says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The Greek word thuros or thura is used four times in these verses. In nine verses, it's used four times. Thuroros is used once and is translated gatekeeper. And in Yochanan 10.9, the emphasis of that word is upon the door as a passageway and not as an object closing off an entrance. Literal translations of I am the door may often lead to misinterpretation, since the term used for door is likely to refer to a literal door rather than an entrance way, thus suggesting that Yeshua functions primarily to prevent passage rather than making entrance possible. So here in this passage, Yeshua is declaring, I am the passageway. Yeshua says, I am the gate for the sheep, verse 7. The scene has shifted now from the village to the open field. In the summer, sheep are sometimes kept out in the pasture overnight. The pen used is simple, a simple enclosure made of piled rocks. There is neither roof nor door, but thorns along the top of the rock walls protect the sheep from wild animals. And the shepherd himself sleeps in the entrance, providing a door, but a door as a passageway. I think I have a picture of that. I think I have a picture of that. No? No, I have another picture. (laughs) Somewhere in there that I hope they find. (laughs) A thought comes to my mind when I think of this. Yeshua says, I am the gate. 
I am the passageway. The passageway to what? What exactly is Yeshua the passageway to? And if indeed he is the passageway, what is our responsibility in going that way? If that way is the way to go and we have been going, down a different road, perhaps a different way, and we're not finding the results that we think we um, are looking for in our lives, that the things in our lives are not consistent with his word and his promises, perhaps we need to make sure we're going the right way. Right? In Mishlei 14.12, it says, there is a way that seems right to a man. But in the end, is the way of death. Even good men, even godly men, often, right? That's why God says, my ways are in your ways. And we could even think and come up with good things that we think are God's ways. But if they're not and we follow them, they don't lead to life, but they lead to death. So man's ways lead to death and destruction, Obviously, far from what any one of us wants. So we must evaluate to see if we are going our own way, doing our own thing, instead of going God's way through the gate of Yeshua. Through Yeshua and Yeshua only can we find true kingdom living that seems to elude many professing believers. One of the problems that we face as believers is that there are many people and many philosophies and many voices that seek to lead us down the paths that they have created that are antithetical to the way of Yeshua. They sound good to our itching ears. They sound pleasant, perhaps. Perhaps they appeal to our flesh, but they're antithetical to the ways of Yeshua. You remember what it said? Yes, indeed, I tell you, the person who doesn't enter the sheep pen through the door but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. Yeshua also refines this earlier reference to the thief and robber in, in verse, from verse 1. He said, all whoever came before me were thieves and robbers. Verse 8, Yeshua the one mediator of salvation contrasts himself with all others who would claim to be mediators of salvation. So what is Yeshua the gate to? Yeshua is the gate to salvation, first of all. Yeshua answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, say no one. No one comes to the Father except through me. Rabbi, that's narrow. That's freedom. There's one way. But here's the good news. It's open to all. I want to tell you that Islam is not the gate to salvation. Buddhism is not the gate. Hinduism is not the gate. Taoism is not the gate. Gnosticism or secular humanism is not the gate. Freemasonry is not the gate. Mormonism is not the gate. Baha'i is not the gate. Seventh-day Adventist is not the gate. 
Spiritualism is not the gate. Jehovah's Witness is not the gate to salvation. Christian science is not the gate. Hare Krishna is not the gate. Scientology is not the gate. Sorry, Tom Cruise. This one might get you. I hope it doesn't offend you. Oprah is not the gate. Unitarian Universalism is not the gate. The Church of Satan is not the gate. In fact, religion is not the gate. Yeshua HaMashiach alone is the gate. No one else, nothing else. There is one way to salvation. It is through him. We cannot circumvent him. We cannot plug in religiosity in place of him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one but no one comes to the Father except through him. But like I said before, great news is he welcomes everyone to come young and old, rich and poor, Jew and Gentile, from any walk of society. He says, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So Yeshua is the gate to salvation. Yeshua is also the gate to the world to come. Scripture says, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. That day is coming to Kun Olam, where God will restore all things. But he is the way to that. He is the way, he is the gate to heaven. In Yochanan 14, it says, In my father's house are many palaces, places to live. If there weren't, I would have told you, because I am going there to prepare a place for you. How comforting is that? Yeshua said that he defeated death. What do we mean by that? We're afraid of death, aren't we? As humans, we're afraid of death. I told someone recently, you know what? I've never met anyone who's ever embraced death. If we have a loved one that dies at 50, that is tragic, isn't it? It is. It's painfully tragic. And we mourn that loss and we say, man, they died so young. But you know what? I've seen people die at 100 or close to it, and we mourn just as deeply. The truth is we don't want to lose anyone that we love. We want to hold on to them forever. But here's the good news. Yeshua defeated death that we will all live on forever. If you live to 50, it's only 50 earth years and then eternity. If you live to 100, it's 100 earth years, then eternity. Yeshua is the gate to that. Yeshua is the gate to righteousness. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, say in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Do you know all other religions are based on works righteousness? That we have to do something good enough and well enough to earn God's approval. 
Do you know what? That's not what we believe. We believe Yeshua did it all. All we do is put our faith and trust in him and his finished work. And we are made righteous. Baruch Hashem. Yeshua is the gate to happiness. You know, it's so much talk in this world about being happy. We have folks that are unhappy. People are unhappy with their position in life. They're unhappy with their vocation. They're unhappy with the relationships they have. We're unhappy. I'll tell you why. Because if we're looking for other things to bring us happiness, we're going to be disappointed. Yeshua is the gate, the passageway to happiness. Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. That's what the scripture says. Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Hello. (laughs) Couldn't resist. (laughs) We know it happens. You see, that means the American dream is not the gate to happiness. You know, we hear a lot. Sometimes we think a political party or a politician is going to bring in this great, they're going to be the great saviors. Listen, we need to be responsible in voting. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, Yeshua is the gateway to our happiness. It's not the American dream. That's not the gate. Material success is not the gate. Self-enjoyment is not the gate to happiness. Our favorite hobby is not the gate. Our iPhone and iPads are not the gate. That's right, Pokemon now is not the gate. We were down in Port Jeff the other day with hundreds of people aimlessly walking around looking at their iPhones trying to find Mr. Pokemon. Not the gate. Facebook, I'm sorry, don't stone me. Facebook is not the gate to happiness. Yeshua HaMashiach alone is the gate to happiness. And we spend so much time running to other things that we wonder why we're not happy. How come it's not making me happy, God? And God's like, do you know he created you I know you know it do you know he knows what makes you happy absolutely do you know that it's him that'll make you happy if we go to him if we go down that passageway of Yeshua how many of us have got the dream job or the dream thing that we wanted maybe it's the dream TV or the dream automobile or it's the dream house and you get into that dream and all of a sudden the dream isn't such a dream anymore. That dream house has problems like every other house and you got to fix the plumbing and mow the lawn and do the uh, and paint and and that which you thought of and you dreamt of and you fantasized about this wonderful house that almost did everything for you you realize instead of it serving you, you almost begin to serve it. (laughs) 
That's because there are forces in the world that are trying to get us to think that these things will bring us happiness. And they won't. Do you know Yeshua is the gate to joy and peace? It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. God, I have no joy. God, I'm miserable. Yeshua is the passageway to joy. Yeshua is the passageway the gate to freedom. So if the Son sets you free, come on, finish it, you are free indeed. That's what it says. It says, if the Son sets you free, it's contingent, right? If the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. But if you get someone else or something else to set you free, Maybe you're only temporarily free. Maybe you're only partially free. You see, Yeshua promises, if the Son sets you free, I can only, this is the only thing that comes to my mind, immediately anyway. When I came to faith in the Messiah, I was not free, but I was bound and in bondage to smoking. I smoked seven packs between four and seven packs of cigarettes per day. That's a lot of smoking. That's like one continual smoking. That's like put one down and pick one up. Smoking. And I had remembered a week prior to um, coming to faith, I tried to quit because I realized, I had this thought, even as a young man, that I don't think I'm going to live past 30, I said to myself. If I keep going, because, of course, when you smoke like that, you wake up in the morning and you can imagine the congestion in your chest and the things that you cough up look quite disgusting and black and tarry. And I said this, boy, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm going to even last to 30 if I keep going down this road. But I tried to quit. But guess what? After a half hour, I was like frothing at the mouth. I couldn't. I had to smoke. And then I gave my heart to Yeshua. And I was working, and I, was, I got out of the vehicle I was driving, and I was walking to see a client, and I had a, a, a full pack of cigarettes in my pocket. And I felt, and I'm a brand-new believer. I'm new to everything. And I felt the Spirit of God speak God, speak to, to my heart. Because it was like almost audible, yet it wasn't. You know what I'm saying? You, you know what I'm saying. And he said this, throw the cigarettes away. And I said, okay. And I said to myself, as I'm walking out, I'm passing a dumpster, and I take the cigarettes out, and I'm, I, could, I could see it as clear as it, as clear as day, like it happened yesterday. I One, two, and I released the cigarette pack, went end over end, it was a swish, by the way, perfectly into the dumpster, And like a total supernatural miracle, I never craved or desired a cigarette ever again. Now, that is absolutely 100% God. Because I had tried on my own. He who the Son sets free 
is free indeed. Yeshua is the gate to success. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Yeshua is the gate to peace. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Messiah Yeshua. If you don't have peace, sometimes we're putting our hopes of peace into the wrong basket. Yeshua is the gate to liberty. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Yeshua is the gate. You see, when you heard he was the gate, he's the passageway to what? To everything. Yeshua is the passageway to positive change. And the scripture says, so all of us, say all of us, with veil, with faces unveiled, see as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And we are being changed into his very image from one degree of glory to the next by Adonai, the Spirit. Yeshua is the gate to that change. We are lured by so many deceiving philosophies and methods that try to promise change by climbing in some other way. If you want positive change in your life, you cannot circumvent Yeshua. I want to tell you this. We need to go through him, to him, and let him lead us, lead us down the passageway that he is causing us to go. Yeshua is the gate to growth. Tehillim 92 says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. Oh, by the way, sorry, Viva. I didn't, I don't know my two favorites right here, Bing and Bong. Viva and Ben. Um, Welcome. Ackermans. The lovely kids that we love like crazy, wave to them. Aviva's all the way from Israel, and Ben is all the way. If they, if, okay, if, if Jewish people aren't living in New York, then they're in Israel. And if they're not in Israel, they're in Florida. So going to Ben's 7-Eleven, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> just want to say hi to you guys, and awesome to see you. It was the palm tree that got me, Aviva, you know what I'm saying? The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar in the Lebanon. Planted in the house of Adonai, they will flourish in the courtyards of our God. Even in old age. That's what it says. Even in old age, they will be vigorous, still full of sap, still bearing fruit. Some of us are wondering, where's the growth? Where's the spiritual growth? Not, not physical growth. We're keeping that light. But where's the spiritual growth? It's found through Yeshua. Friends, don't buy into what they're test- selling you. Yeshua is the gate for growth, health, and vitality for those who put their roots down deep in his rich soil. Ready, families? Yeshua is the gate to a great marriage. 
May your fountain be blessed and may you delight in the wife of your youth, says the scripture. Do you know how that happens? It happens through our relationship with God through the Messiah. Marriage is restored, able to live in harmony and unity, being each other's helpmates, flourishing and prospering. It happens as we go through Yeshua, our passageway. You see, if you're not finding these things in your life, maybe you have been duped by a thief trying to steal the precious life of Messiah and all his benefits from you. Don't buy into all these other so-called ways or shortcuts to life's blessings. Go through the gate of Yeshua, and in him all these are found. Tehillim 37 says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. Lastly, in this point, is that Yeshua is the gate to abundant life. Right? The very last line, verse 10 says, The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. But you know what? Sometimes he comes to steal from us in a very appetizing way. Did he not approach Eve with the lovely fruit of the tree? Right? It almost looks like at times he's giving us something. Yet when we bite into it, we immediately lose. Yeshua is the gate to abundant life. I want to tell you that the thief acts for his own selfish ends. Whether that thief is trying to pawn off a way of success to you, he's looking out for himself. Whether that thief is trying to tell you you don't need God and all this God thing and you need to pursue something else, guess what? He's not leading you down the right path. There is one way, and that is Yeshua. Yeshua serves the sheep by providing for them the way of life at the cost of his own. So here's my second point. I want to give you three keys. Okay, keys, secrets. There won't be a secret anymore. So no one can say they're a key or a secret now because we're going to unlock it. There are probably seven things, 20 things, but I'm going to give you three. How to maintain the abundant life. So you start walking down the passageway of Yeshua. How do you maintain it? Once we enter through Yeshua and onto his passageway, what must we do that will enable us to live the abundant life? Here's the first thing. We need to express our gratitude. When's the last time? Listen, We are kvetching people. I find myself all the time. I'm kvetching and kvetching and kvetching. And then I get a little tap on the shoulder. And it's from God. And God will remind me, what are you kvetching about? (laughs) You have this and you have that. And I've done this and I've done that. And then, you you know, of course he always makes a good point. And so I stop my convention and I agree with him, which is always a good thing to do. 
It says in Yaakov, you, the, the, you might call him James, but that wasn't his name. So his name was Yaakov. In chapter 1 and verse 17, hear me. Every, say every. Every good gift. And every, say every. And every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Every single thing that is good comes from God. That means everything good in your life, in my life, everything good in the world comes from God. The breath you breathe, the food you eat, the place you live, it all comes from God. The job you hold, the gifts you possess, the talent you have, the wisdom you utter, all comes from God. The beautiful summer weather, the rain as well as the sun that provides food for all comes from God. Everything. The good health you enjoy comes from God. And if we think about all these good things in our lives for a moment, there is no way we will be able to be overcome by ungratefulness. If we think of the goodness of the Lord and the things that we have, the only thing that will happen is we will be overcome with a grateful hard attitude. Some of us need to only look to these beautiful families that God has given us. Look at your kids and say, thank you, Lord. You see, the problem is that the enemy tries to bombard us with thoughts that cause us to focus on what is lacking in our lives instead of what God has provided. I mean, Let's face it, you don't have everything there is to have. But everything you have that is good is from God. If we take the time to actively, and that's the key, actively dwell on the good things God has provided, we will be able to express our gratitude to God. Learn to express your gratitude. The scripture says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Messiah Yeshua concerning you. Now, the scripture doesn't say give thanks for everything, does it? It says give thanks in everything. Right? Let's face it, sometimes bad things happen. But in that situation, we can find the good in our life and give God thanks for it. And sometimes, even in the bad situation, God will take that which was meant for evil and turn it for good. And we can thank God for that. See, God, hear me out. Anything that is negative and evil does not come from God, period, end of sentence. That's it. So when you're feeling down and discouraged and, 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 and beat up, it's not from God. Everything good is from God. Everything good in your life is from God. And all you need to do is look at those things, even when things are going bad. And you'll be able to be grateful. You see, in the midst of challenging times, we can still think of the good things and be grateful for them. Some things are horrible. But there is always something good in our life and sometimes, 
Like I said, God will take a bad thing and turn it for our good. Be glad you're a child of God. I mean, think about, I think about my father. Now, thank God he came to, the, to faith. But you know what? He came to faith in the very last hour of the very last hour. I'm grateful. But look at all those years. 80. But you're a child of God now. Chosen and beloved by him. Something to be thankful for. Be glad for the Ruach HaKodesh through whom you can overcome all things. Be grateful that this too shall pass and that your current challenges are temporary. Amen? Look for and dwell on the good in your life. Look for the good wherever you go and you will find it easy to be grateful. Develop an attitude of gratitude. Tehillim 95.2 says, Come before him with thankful hearts. Let us sing him psalms of praise. And that'll be easy to do if we're thinking on the right things. The next thing to do, okay? So we're going to change our thinking, right? And when you change your thinking from thinking of all the negative things that the enemy is feeding you, because let me tell you, in anyone's life, it's like the glass. It's half full and it's half empty. And the enemy is always reminding you of everything that you don't have. Man, you could have a better job. You could have a better this. You could have a better that. And why not? And look at them. And you could get really, really discouraged from that. Or you could look at the things you have and get happy. The second thing is to honor and cherish your relationship with Messiah. Matthew Jahu 6.21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And in Colossians 2 and 10, this is what it says. And you, I mean, how many believe the word is true, 100% true? So look what it says. And you, say me, are complete in him. You know the movie? We all know Jerry Maguire, right? You complete me. And every woman gets the tissues and starts crying. <laughs> it's so beautiful. You completely. It's romantic. If you're a romantic. And maybe that should happen to you. That would be a wonderful thing for a, a man to say to a woman. But the truth is, Yeshua completes us. The truth is we are complete in him. Do you know what, though? Listen, I don't want to really rag on Hollyweird too long. But do you know they put that thought in millions and millions of people and young girls who are looking to be completed for a man to say, you complete. Think about it, that, that, 
that would only happen to me. That would be. And let me tell you, if it did happen to you, that wouldn't be the end all be all. Because a man can't complete you. A woman can't complete you. We are complete in him. Now, they could be a wonderful helpmate, a blessing in your life, absolutely. Complete you, not so much. Yeshua completes us. We are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power, everything there is. You are complete in him. Complete, it means nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. Supernatural power is available for you to accomplish any good result, to defeat any negative circumstance, and to overcome the evil one. As God's dearly loved children, it says give, right? So we're talking about giving him honor that's to do his name because he completes us, because he's the lover of our soul. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you, right? We always put that in the context of kesef, right? Give and it will be given. And it's true concerning anything. It's a universal truth. But it's true concerning when we give God the glory due his name. When you drag yourself in here after a hard week of being beat up, and feeling downtrodden and discouraged, and you lift your voice, and you give God glory, and you say that v'hafta. Don't you love that? To, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And you do it when you don't feel like doing it. You're giving God the glory. When you give to him the glory and honor, do his name, know what God does? He gives to you. When you let go of that which is in your hand, God, who has a really big hand, by the way, I think the song says, the whole world is in his hands. It's a pretty darn big hand. Okay? He lets go of what's in his hand. When we come in dragging and say, God, Baruch Hashem, Yeshua, Mishikeno, I love you, I'm going to worship you. God lets go of what's in his hand. When we honor him, he honors us. Acknowledge that abundance by saying with David, my mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor. Friends, isn't it been beautiful out? And me and my wife have just been commenting. I tell you, the older I get in the Lord, the more the beauty of his creation strikes me. That God created these beautiful vistas for him? No. No. Not so much. He created them for us to enjoy. So people go out and spend millions of dollars on a painting that a human painted. When God, all you have to do is open your door. And God painted you a picture with his own hands that can't compare to anything else. He did it for us. Give him the honor. Do him and he will fill you to overflowing. Tehillim 71 and 8 says, my mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor all day. Mishlei 3, 6 says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Guys, if your paths are crooked in all your ways, 
acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Asking his help in all that you do gives him the opening he needs to lead you rightly. He's the passageway. He wants you to ask him for whatever you need because he wants to give it to you, show you where it's at. He wants you to trust him to provide or something better at the optimum time he wants to give you. At the optimum time. I know we think the optimum time is now. (laughs) Don't you? We always do. We're Americans. We sit down at the table. We want the waiter right there. Like he's a machine. Or she. We want them right there tending to us. Now they have ten tables to tend to. But we want them like our personal assistant. So that's why Apple made iPhones and Suri. So you have your own personal assistant. You could ask her anything. She'll even tell you jokes. I know you know it. So you know what I did? This is off topic. I changed my Surrey voice to an English accent. So now I could say I have an English personal assistant. She speaks to me in an English accent. We want things instantaneously, but God gives us things really, like a good parent, when we should have them, right? You want your kid to learn how to ride a bike, right? Doesn't every parent? But not at one years old, a little premature, at the right time. And so the same is with God. Scripture says, or I should say, be fully committed to him to give him the honor he deserves as your God and king. And in return, he will give you a life of blessing and abundance. And here's the last thing, is the key to walking that abundant life, is we need to put down roots. Ephesians 3.17 says that you being rooted, rooted, Remember, the words God used were specific, intentional on purpose, rooted and grounded in love. Notice that it says to be rooted and grounded. That is something we have to do. Maintain a commitment to loving God. Yeshua is the vine. We are the branch. Everything we need for life and sustenance comes through him as you say, connected to the source of all love. Roots feed a tree, correct? You're tired of the tree in your yard? I could give you a guaranteed way to get rid of the tree. Cut the roots. Won't last long. Make sure you get them all, because even if you leave one, it'll live on. Roots go deep into the ground. And if you notice, trees don't really have to forage or work for their supply, do they? They kind of just hang out. The roots go deep into the ground and keep the tree strengthened, anchored, and protected. The tree is fully supplied right where it is. It doesn't have to jump through any hoops. Matter of fact, go up to the next tree you see and put your ear to the tree. I challenge you all to do this. Go find one in your yard. I welcome you to use the tree here in the parking lot or on the property. Put your ear to the tree 
And listen real carefully. Maybe you want a stethoscope. And see if you hear it grunting or groaning or straining or trying. No, it just is. Abiding in the rich earth and soil that God has provided. That's all it's doing. And its roots are going deep in to that nourishment. That's what Yeshua says we are to do. Abide in him. Let our roots go deep, deep into him and soak up the nourishment that is found only in him. And we won't be grunting and groaning because a lot of us strive in our relationship. We're striving in life. We're striving with God. I've yet to see a palm tree grunt or groan, but just rest. Oak trees don't produce chestnuts, do they? They don't produce ears of corn. Love can't produce anger. Love can't be frustrated or fear. Yeshua is love. If we are grounded in him, guess what? We're not going to produce those things. We're going to produce of what he is. I want each of us to claim the love of Yeshua as our root. Because you know what? I really believe this. I think even for many believers, because we, listen, I think we get caught up in religious things. I think it's part of kind of the, because we have this buffer of the flesh. And it's easier for us to identify with doing a thing or a task or a prayer than it is to really just be with God. But I think when we really get a revelation of how much God loves us, and that's why he tells us over and over, for God so loved the world. He's telling us his driving motivation wasn't so he could be the chief of all the little Indians and he could have this adoring fan base. God so loved the world, his only motivating factor was love. That he was willing to come himself in the form of his son and hang on a tree for us. The love of God. I don't believe we really fully grasp the depth and the width and the height of God's love for us. I think maybe that's worthy of a little meditation. Maybe one day this week. To think about all that God went through. All the persecutions of Israel. Past, present, unfortunately and probably future, until Mashiach returns, are for what? Because he loved you and me. As the Shiliach Yochanan said, these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. So be like the psalmist writes. He says, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Fullness requires living in the moment. 
Looking back often involves feelings of regret, sorrow, remorse, and disappointment. Rav Shaul said this, forget those things that are behind. Some of you need to do this right now. Forget the things that are behind. You were disappointed last week. Why do you want to bring it into this week? Why do you want to bring it into next week? It says forgetting what is behind. Right? Husbands and wives, we do this all the time. Remember, do you remember? In 2002... I have a good memory, I'm like an elephant. We do that, though, don't we? The scripture says, forgetting what is behind. Forget it. Don't allow negative feelings to spill in to and take over your lives today. Yeshua clearly instructed that we should take no thought for tomorrow. Live in the moment, live in the now, enjoy right now. So many of us, we're already on tomorrow. And we're missing the beautiful day and the opportunity God gave us today. By the way, if you have nothing to do this afternoon, or if you have something to do this afternoon, come, go to the fair that's going to be at Bald Hill. It's a family, it's billed as a family-friendly fun day for today and tomorrow. And Beth Emanuel, we're going to have a booth there. You can stop in and say hi. Maybe go get a, some type of treat, walk around, check it out. Uh, just saying, if you have nothing to do, you can come visit with us. Um, that'd be nice. Rabbi Carol and myself will be there from 3 to 4 today and 3 to 5 tomorrow. And the others in the leadership will be there. So stop by. I don't know. Was that a commercial? I don't know what that was. But stay focused. Stay focused. On the only time within your power to control. <laughs> right? I mean, the only thing you have, can control is right now. Your thoughts, your emotion right now. Do it. Abundance is an attitude. Right? Walking in the passageway of the abundant life Yeshua promises us. It's an attitude, but it comes from having your roots run deep in the vine of Yeshua. Fill yourself up with gratitude. Seek to honor Messiah in all you do and put down your roots into your divine heritage. As you practice these things, you will be able to say with Shaul, I have all and abound. I am full. Your life will truly be full of the abundance of God. Listen, when Shaul said that, he wasn't using hyperbole. He wasn't just saying it. He said, I have all that I have, and I'm full. Who doesn't want that? Right? Could you imagine in every moment, totally, totally satisfied, and he had some of those moments while he was like this. <laughs> and he was able to say, I'm full. So it's independent of your circumstance. Wouldn't that be great? Well, you could have it if you put your roots deep in him. Let's pray. I want to give you a second. Just bow your hearts to respond to that. I threw a lot at you. That was like probably a scripture fest. (laughs) We went through so many scriptures. Don't usually do that, but it was today. And 
I think for good reason. God wants you to know that in everything, everything the human person is looking for is found through his passageway. And he's beckoning you. Abandon those other ways that are frustrating you, that are disappointing you, and come to me. That's what he's saying. Take a second. And if you've found that way, and if you honed in, and you want to stay in there, then be grateful. Honor the Messiah with all that's within you, and make sure your roots go deep in him. And guess what? You keep, that tree keeps, those roots keep going down and down and down. Let's do that. Avino Malkano, our Father and our King, we do thank you, Lord, for each one. Lord, your people, the community of Israel. Lord, they're blessed because you are in the midst of them. Like our Parsha, I stand looking over the tents of Israel. Each you, each of you represent your own community within the household of Israel. Each one of you blessed of God. Yeah, blessed of God. Even if you're in challenging times, you're blessed of God. His beloved children. And he wants you to tap into that. Father, we thank you for your people. The sheep of your pasture. Father, the ones that you called by name that are written on the palm of your hand. Father, I pray for each one here, each family. Father, that the blessings of heaven. Father, there are, Lord, secret desires in the hearts of your people, God's requests, things that vex their heart concerning their lives and their families. Father, that they will put in your charge right now. But Father, they won't let those things drag them down. They'll put them in your charge and they will move on with you. Resting in your peace and in your joy. Father, I pray your blessing, the blessings of heaven to rest upon them. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his sweet shalom. Father, we pray this blessing to remain on your people. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen. Thanks for listening. Shabbat Shalom. Hopefully we see you at the uh, event and blessings.